Hey, we're live. Yo, uh, what's up, man? Mac, what's going on? I see you're wearing your Cuban links. Jane, you're wearing... <laughs> I think it looks pretty dope, man. I mean, you know, I was warn- I was wondering why when I walked in you were rapping a bunch of red band lyrics to me uh, without seemingly unbidden, but now it all makes sense. It's my alter uh, ego. It's your yeah. alter ego, yeah. And, you know, Wu-Tang is for the children, et cetera and so <laughs> forth. Uh, and, you know, it also makes sense because we have a special occasion tonight. We have a, we have a fucking, you know, we've had guests before. We've had my brother, Jake, who's, who's, a, real, who's a real pimp in his own right. But um, we, have, we have, like, an, someone who actually, uh, you know... We have a thought leader in his a field. A thought leader. Uh, <laughs> a thought, a thinkfluencer, if you will. Um, Listen, fellas, we promise that we will bring you new juicy guests, and we deliver. And, yeah, we uh, deliver. We deliver like the Aztec, uh, like an Aztec uh, warrior band bringing back, a, you know, a, 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 some, some sad captive to have their heart ripped out with an obsidian dagger um, upon, you know, upon the, uh, yes, upon the uh the the ziggurat of uh quetzalcoatl um and obviously you know you already know who i'm talking about um it's uh it's our guy it's our guy it's 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 ryan ryan arnold it's yeah. ryan arnold welcome ryan arnold hey what's up ryan hey everybody so little um yeah, we'll, we'll do a whole um, intro to Ryan in just a second, but we Ryan, will rip um, Ryan's heart out with Ryan and I dagger, actually but... worked together um, just a couple months ago. Um, That's right, Ryan we did. Was my editor at Business Insider where we were doing like um, a bunch of tech stuff, and um, he's a fantastic editor and like very well versed in a lot of the shit that we talk about. And we've had a bunch of conversations about all this, and uh, just a you know great dude great thinker um really dude super stoked that you're here legit really i'm 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 super excited to be here um for everyone listening at home uh this is an audio medium so you won't be able to see how how deeply i'm blushing and but, how and how good ryan um, looks and how good his you know maybe this will be a video podcast at one time but ryan puts us to shame with the quality of his glass his drinkware is um for the for the very, for the, very good for the listeners at home ryan isn't fully reclining on a bearskin rug roaring fire behind him <laughs> and drinking from a, a a cut crystal goblet that appears to have appears to have some type of blood in it um i'm gonna assume Jonah, it's it's okay to tell them that i'm nude i am nude. <laughs> Listen, um, i wanted to preserve your modesty but honestly no, what no need no need no need. Before we get too into it, Jonah, do you want to quickly just uh, go through our what, what it is that we're doing here? Yeah, man. Now? I, 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 I wager that I do. Um, it's the future is out. It's the future um, that we have uh, haven't quite bargained for, and yet we're living in. It, uh, it, turns out, it turns out that the Internet of Things is really the Internet of us. I, I think that's one of the best uh, you know, synopsis of the podcast we've had so far. Um, 
so yeah basically um we have ryan here do you want to give a quick intro to yeah. who this stranger is this stranger at our gates yeah I'll let, um I'll is let, he Naz? is he a nazgul is he well he is clearly nazgul that's for sure but I'll, actually, right. I'll let Ryan uh, take the lead on that. But I will just say as like trivia or something for the listeners, it's, you know, we started the podcast about a little bit more than a year ago. It's been about one year. And during that first half of the year, I was, you know, day in, day out, just like under the scrutiny of Ryan's, uh, you know, dictatorial grammar lash. corrections and fucking his morning you know, star, uh, fucking, you know, just a keen eye for all my bullshit. Um, and I grew as a writer very well from it. So I, um, you know, I have a very fond spot for Ryan as a journalist. Um, but that's, you know, that's all I, I have to say, Ryan, what, um, Ryan, get down with your bad your, self. For yeah. A tell tell us all the shitty things. About you. <laughs> so, uh, the first thing that I want to say is that history usually isn't kind to those of us who, who hold rigorous expectations of others. But I want to say, Mac, just to clear the air that whatever I did, I did for your own good. This is like what Adolf Hitler's art school uh, admissions board person probably said to him, too, in a letter uh, in, in 1930-35. We just, we just think that we're going to take the, the, uh, the program in a different direction. Yeah, we think your, st- your strokes and your, your landscapes, they are very lovely, but we are, we are finding them a little derivative for what we are trying yeah, to there's, do. There's something, there's something of the fashionable taste in your work. That uh, that we just don't, uh, you know, that is not great art. It's kitsch. It's kitsch. <laughs> um, but no, but please continue. I will prevent Mac from becoming Hitler. But in the meantime, what, what else did you have you to will, say? You will try. I'll succeed. Um, wow, I'm, I'm bad at introducing myself. Um, my name's Ryan McRae Arnold. I, uh, I'm, uh, I guess, an erstwhile editor. Uh, also freelance uh, literary and tech critic. Um, I write and I think a lot about um, the intersection of like technology and lived experience, uh, especially especially under the conditions created by uh, late surveillance capitalism. Uh, and I'm really excited to be here. I don't know. What, what else do you want me to say? About no, that's, I think that's good. That's I think that's sufficient. Yeah, no, we that will be sufficient to indict you before the arbiters. Yeah. That's that's fine. We and have your life force drained we, out we of do, you. We do know what we're going to talk about for the second segment, and I think it's going to be really interesting. We're all looking forward to it, for sure. Um, but, you know, as we do here at the Future Zao, we like to, you know, do a little yeah, light let's hors d'oeuvres. Get, no, and uh, we, we have, figure we Ryan will probably have some, you know, nice things to add to our, you know, just like weekly list of shitty futurist encounters, right? Yeah, you know, there's no shortage of, uh, you know, amuse-bouche uh, <laughs> to, to circulate. So let's maybe get into one or two of them. Yeah, Mac, let's do Where it. do you want to start? Maybe we um, should start with an update, right? Yeah, um, an update. Do you want to talk about, do you want to talk about Spot? Doggo? Yeah. Um, so is any... he, is, Mac, is Spot in the room with us right now? I mean, n- hard to tell right right right. no it's okay tell us tell us tell us what's going on man so for loyal listeners you'll know that we've like followed the whole boston dynamics which is like a you know a, the modern robotics company their whole thing for a long time and one of their like flagship products is this thing called spot which is uh, a robot that's like you know it looks kind of like a dog it's four-legged 
and it's gotten a lot of shit because police have regularly used it um in a lot of like kind of militarized yeah, situations it's basically a gun it's like a it's yeah. a weapon for police and or the military however boston dynamics wants you to know that's not the case you know it's right. like they they make even it though even though yeah um but the reason why we're talking about it is because spot got a new job recently you, yeah you guess and it, what it, is? it was not your sandwich artist at <laughs> at, at, at subway i i just have a sneaking suspicion that it was a little more uh, jackbooted than that um yeah uh, looking at my notes here it was just uh working with cbp the customs and border patrol spots a border patrol cop now yeah He's, uh, okay yeah it's it's pretty yeah that's i mean great. i think this should like, not come as surprised <laughs> as a surprise to anyone and you know i mean like these these tech companies and so forth i mean it's a good object lesson in the way in which tech companies and these like really like highly capitalized private entities in the first place are just like work hand in glove with the government and uh yeah spot who is just this like tireless guard dog essentially the german shepherd of the 21st century uh who instead of like uh you know patrolling the the borders of auschwitz is uh patrolling patrolling our massive southern border with mexico and kicking over like gallons of water left yeah. for thirsty migrants well, i mean that, is that not effectively yeah, what that, it is I, there for yeah for sure and i think that in you know the dhs who is like controls the border patrol department of homeland security they put out a they were the first one to put out a press release about it and it was it's worth reading because it's just really weird in the sense that there's it's filled littered with puns about um you know how man's new best friend is like not so organic but it's also so it's all these like you know making spots seem cute but then at the same time they do give some information on why it's useful for them to have spot and the biggest things were for example that spot doesn't have to sleep right so spot can be like patrolling the desert or the border at 4 a.m spot doesn't need to eat like like other border okay patrol but guards here's, here's and where like spot has facial recognition potentially ryan i'd be um, curious to hear your pov be like what Ryan's what? pro no. spot. Ryan's pro spot. <laughs> Ryan is actually a spot has an actual has a fifty caliber rifle aimed at the back of his head at this very moment. But I'm I'm assured that that is not going to color his his yeah. His commentary. I just I want to say I want to say first that um while until this point spot spot has been a recurring figure of my own uh, personal nightmares, uh I have to say now that um I think that he's a very very good boy, um. No, in all seriousness, I think that this is awesome. Um, the reason I think it's awesome is because uh, CBP is like basically comprises people who watch Black Mirror and are like, damn, that's a great idea. And yeah, and this is like, uh, th this is maybe the most literal translation of an idea from Black Mirror into uh, real world law enforcement applications. So like, good, good for them. Like, I think They're living their fucking dream. It's comical and it's just funny that like even to this day, like Boston Dynamics and even like the DHS and everyone else are trying so hard still to like sell the image of like it's cute, it's a dog when it's like everybody like is, <laughs> my like, my my the genuine <laughs> question is like why do they even care? Like you know, no one is like waging a sort of PR war on like the newest like raytheon stinger missile but for some reason like i think it's the same there's reason a the feeling... nsa has like a fucking twitter account that sends yeah. memes you know what i mean totally it's like fucking 
But yeah, it's true. I guess it's just like to a certain extent, they feel like they need like popular buy-in to wage like uh, have a bloody, bloody border like we have at our south. Even though my the thing that sort of is like trips me up is like you could just not talk about it and everyone would be fine. Like no one is concerned. Like I you think know it's, what I mean? yeah, I think it's like it's. I mean, it was the, maybe I don't, this is giving them too much credit, but when i don't know if you remember in new york last year when like the nypd got caught using spot it was kind of yeah. out of the blue people pissed people were, people were fucking out fucking furious and i think the attempt here is to like be normalize more transparent, it yeah. but like i don't know man well there's 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 a pretty well established um historical discourse about like the use of dogs in law enforcement um that's that's just inseparable from you know the the racist element yeah, from uh, the fucking and I, I, from the I think that like the civil they, rights they kind of have they kind of have to fight this PR war uh, for, sure. for that reason. It's also yeah, it looks I mean you you wanted to talk about this Jonah, like you had some thoughts about it, but it does yeah, it looks it's the most symbolic. It's like yeah. combining two of the most symbolic things that people fear, which is like robot shit and like dogs. Attack yeah, dog. Attack, yeah. yeah. I mean, be you like African American jew communist any mexican group, dude mexican, mexican, yeah, yeah like, absolutely like you've had dogs sicked on you historically and uh and now totally robot dogs, and now they're robot yeah. dogs i mean i i would think like you know it, i wouldn't be surprised if they were like no 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 no, no. it's not a dog it's a you know it's a it's a civet <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a, a uh, it's a dog shaped Swiss it's a lynx it's a lynx like just like anything but it's a, it's a, it's an ocelot. Yeah, like, it's an ocelot. You guys, what are you yeah, talking it's about? It's our it's our it's our law enforcement ocelot. Um I think it's I think it's really interesting uh the extent to which law enforcement uh takes seriously the premise that this is supposed to be a dog. Like that that to me is really telling. Yeah. Well, they love that notion. Like they love the notion of like uh, you know, a man and beast, like uh, a, a sort of like uh, uh, just like some sort of noble attaché. Well, here's a genuine, um, a genuine question though. What like would be more freaky, Spot or like the humanoid robots that they have doing the shit the Spot does? Well, would, this is what I he, think. Probably the humanoid ones. No, right? that it's would like, be more freaky. But I think what what is at issue is that the Spot thing is sort of operates under the radar because it's just like. They want to insist that this is just a dog. And you say, oh, okay, like maybe it is kind of a cute dog. And then you accept it as such. Whereas if it were like a man, like a robotic man, you'd be like, fuck that. That's weird. And I feel my skin is crawling. Whereas like when it's a dog, it's just like, no, it's a dog. And it kind of, it it gets in under the radar. And then before you know it, it's, it's normal. I mean, it's worth noting that they do literally spend millions of dollars making ads with, I think they have one during the Super Bowl too, yeah. where it's like, oh, it's they like did. doing, they having did. Spot do like, you know, generic shit. And I think it's like, I don't think it's going to work, but the game plan is definitely to like, you know, make it this like really accessible type of like thing that you have this like preconceived safe notion with and then police use it to like, you know, the idea is that you could have it roaming around your neighborhood and like no one, everyone's comfortable yeah, no with one it, cares. even though it's doing, you know. Yeah, the the issue is that it's not it's not a fucking Roomba. Like it's not it's it's not this weird like hybrid like Furby Roomba thing. It's 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 a mechanical attack dog that 
can terrifyingly open doors as I, you know, see every other night in my nightmares. Yeah. And fire, fire weapons, you know, um, it's a substantial sort of, uh, new, uh, robot, you know, I say, you know, up your electricity power in your deck, you know what I mean? Like you want to <laughs> be able to, uh, respond to this. I mean, that's a fucking extremely nerdy joke that I wish I hadn't even made. Um, but we're going to continue on. So look uh, out for that in your neighborhood nearby. No, I just think like, yeah, this. I think like to the extent that this podcast reaches anyone, I think we want it to illustrate the fact that like this is not just going away and it's not just a novelty. Um, and uh, I think we've succeeded. So for high sure. five. Yeah, high um, five. You want to move on? Can I, can, I, can I tag on to our main discussion briefly, just to, as a prelude? I think that there's, I think that there's something really telling about um, kind of implicit in, in the overemphasis on like the canine features of this robot uh, and dog's role is like man's best friend that segues nicely into what we're going to, the, the loneliness that we're going to talk about later. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, I, for sure. And I think it's totally, you know, there's a reason behind it, right? It's not it's not random that it's it's a dog for sure. Mac, Mac, before we move on, um, where else where else is Spot currently being used at the moment? So currently, it's kind of hard to tell, but I did. It's fun. It's funny because I recently made like a list of all the law enforcement and like federal agencies that have used Spot, and it's some of them have stopped using it, but it is like pretty pervasive. It goes. In the U.S., it's like uh, fucking Massachusetts was actually the first um, U.S. state police to use it. Um, but it's also been used during the pandemic a lot because it, a lot of places used spot as like sort of um, a way to enforce social distancing. Um, yeah. Famous. We t- I think we talked about it briefly in the podcast, but famously in in uh, Hawaii in Honolulu, they use spot as a way to go into homeless shelters and remotely take temperatures and like interview people um which is super dark as fuck but like also singapore famously used it as like a way to like uh, disperse um you know uh recordings and parks and other crowded areas to tell them to like socially distance themselves and weirdly which was one of the weirdest ones uh the dutch actually used spot for drug raids where they were t- they were putting spot into like you know drug dens first before they went to like i guess like scope it out and then they would they would go in um so he gets around and the and the air force is using it now too on on their bases the u.s air force so it's it's a it's a it's a thing those are and those are just the ones that we know about um but it's not it's not it's not a military uh device yeah yeah if you were getting the sense that this is like um being deployed in some sort of uh 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 um, intentional way to sort of further U.S. hegemony or anything like that. Mm. Absolutely not. No. Please just, disabuse yourself of that notion. It's sweet. Nice. It's a nice. Thing. Um. So that was kind of rough. Do you want to instead of to kind of bring it back up? Do you want to talk about rape? Well, um, no. Obviously, maybe we should talk about <laughs> something terrible that happened. Um. Yeah. We there's a, a lot to go on here, but yeah. If you in in so far as uh. We're concerned with like the cess the cessation, like the sort of giving over of 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 police work of justice 
um, as like a general principle to um, just like these automated automated uh, facilities or automated entities. Um, I think there's something pretty chilling that we have to talk about, which is a recent story that um, at the San Francisco Police Department, somebody turned basically in this is this is via the New York Times. Um, somebody turned in their 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 personal data, their personal information uh, in the form of their DNA. It was a rape kit, right? In the form of a rape kit. They were raped, they were sexually assaulted, and they had their DNA collected uh, in order to potentially find the, 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 the genetic information of their perpetrator, of you're their encouraged, rapist. You're encouraged to do, right? Yes. Like that's a, the that's police a tell you this is the way to do it. They take swabs. They find out all of this genetic information um, that involves your own information, but uh, purportedly as well, hopefully, the person who has just fucking violently, you know, violated you. Um, and it's unclear what, what, the, what the outcome of that case was. But several years later, we find out that this person was implicated in a crime because the genetic information gathered during their rape kit investigation was then surreptitiously used without their knowledge to implicate them in a completely unrelated crime years later. And then they just like found themselves charged with a crime. That's absolutely insane. Police like kept their rape kit DNA on file and then later with something totally not related used that as evidence is basically the idea. That's yeah, that's that's when you that's when so you when up. you consider the barriers, the the substantial barriers that exist to uh survivors of rape reporting their rape to the police, when you consider the absolutely abysmal uh prosecution statistics for reported rapes, um the the fact that this now exists as a possibility for survivors to to have to think through about whether or not they want to report rapes like whether or not their dna is going to exist in a database to be cross-referenced at some future unknown point in time it's uh, it's nothing short of chilling well it makes me think yeah absolutely yeah, i agree totally and it makes they're a little bit related but somewhat different it reminds me of a couple of years ago i don't think it was 23 and me but it was a similar type of service where you provide your dna samples that one of those companies was implicated in someone's arrest and like you know it's somewhat similar to that where especially for the future is out where like now it is so much easier to like identify someone in a very biological way um that you would think that we would have even stronger protections around that or like more restrictive access to it but instead but then again why would you like like why would you assume that when the prerogative of police departments is like only expanding and like you know i think like as someone who you know if you want to like uh, be critical or, or 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 have like a fucking uh like a, a a sort of nuanced view of defund the police and so on and so forth like i think it also if you want to be the type of person who's going to like detract from that and say like well yada 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 like here's here's all of the ways in which police are actually uh relevant to people's lives i think it also behooves you to to know that 
they're fucking the police are like deeply deeply in implicated in like some uh really atrocious treatment yeah. of of people who have had like absolutely nothing to implicate them for anything uh other than just like their name is has been entered into a database Criti- um so no uh, go no, ahead go ahead I say critically i mean i agree with that and it's also critically i think one of the things is that a lot of that foul i think we can all agree foul shit is like legal though like i we were it talking about legal, this before yeah. like i recently found out when i was doing some other story that like fucking um the, the the long and short of the story was that like these police officers had fabricated completely faked like dna samples of these people who were being interviewed in order to like uh, coerce a confession and they presented the D- false dna samples as legitimate with like them all looking like they came from a proper lab and all these things and they ended up getting the conviction off of a false sample but that is legal like that you're as long as like if you're a police officer interrogating someone you're allowed to lie and even make shit up which is like insane like maybe i was naive to like think that that was strange but that's crazy and i feel like this is like kind of in similar territory you know what i mean 100 percent. i mean it's just like i think it just puts to lie the notion that like uh something like the police department can exist as in this like neutral role to just like call balls and strikes and just say like we're just out to get the bad guys it's just like no they will inevitably be enlisted in like this sort of ongoing struggle um to uh you know serve basically serve the the money makers serve capital yeah. like go ahead go, yeah i mean go ahead. i mean like like any like any uh i don't know corporate organization police police have quotas that they have to meet they don't exist to solve crimes they exist to close cases and they'll use they'll use any tool at their disposal to do so um and they they uh clearly have you know impunity to do so um I was just say that was like kind of not to excuse police officers by any means, but it's like if it is legal and like your prerogative is to solve a mission, it's kind of like you're going to use the tools available. And I feel like that's kind of some of the shit that's happening here is where it's like fucking we don't really quite understand just how much, you know, people are allowed to do that's not actually illegal. And it's like within that framework, if you really do believe in what you're doing as a cop, I guess it's like you're going to you know fucking use all your loopholes that you can but what i was gonna ask jonah though because you you were following this a lot is this a one-off in san francisco or is this like more common you know i guess that's yeah the thing so insofar far like, as this like story is concerned and like it was like really the notion the i mean it sort of became sensationalized on the basis of this individual person who had their 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 you know bio bio information scraped and used against them they then uh tried to pull a bunch of large um uh law enforcement agencies who all said no mate absolutely not we would never do such a thing um however one notably the houston police department we talked about their response was wow yeah, which you can take that no either or, way, they didn't, right? They, they like, said nothing. They, yeah, they didn't either confirm that, nor deny. That can be like, wow, that's crazy, or it can be like, wow, that's kind of useful information. 
<laughs> I think you cannot underestimate the degree to which the police will try to fucking nail you to the wall like Lucifer. Like they want they will they will absolutely flay you alive. Uh, it it turns out, you know, to to no one's surprise that like the cops aren't actually your friend. Yeah, I mean, I it's weird. I've recently been like listening to a bunch of cop um what do you call it? It's like cop uh fucking not tutorials, but like guide but cop, cop copaganda. Copaganda. Pretty yeah. much. It's like a podcast for cops that's like it's like how do you like, you know, like find a suspect off of like social media data so, like this is a podcast Jesus. about this Jesus. That's um yeah, and like horrible. it's it's very much like that and a lot of those stuff um but it is int- i mean i've been writing been listening to it because i obviously write from a perspective that's like that's bad but it's interesting because like they're very open about like how basically like this is this is just what it is. You know what I mean? Right, it's like, it's like they totally... we've absolutely accepted, like, a general framework wherein, like, we accept cowboys and Indians types fucking uh, 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 approaches to crime. And, like, if, you know, it's just like if, if you're, if, if you, if you're, like, subject to these pathologies of poverty, that means you're, like, a, you're like a wild, wild west fucking bandito. Yeah, and this it's is like it's. I mean, that's that's one that's that's one idiom, but it's also it's also it's it's the warrior cop mentality, right? Like it's it's the you know, um, hero cops versus like the the interminable mountain of criminals, and uh, I think that like this this issue has always been fraught for law enforcement, namely um, uh, sexual assault. It's something that like. Uh, I mean, has been fraught jurisprudentially for the easily the past hundred years, if not longer, um, in this country. And uh, the fact that so what what I'm I guess what I'm thinking is that like the argument from law enforcement about this is going to be uh, we need to use every tool at our disposal in order to solve crimes. And whether that's social media, whether that's, um, uh, you know, a database like Clearview, whether that's, you know, the DNA uh, backlog that we have of all of your unprocessed rape kits, we're going to we're going to use it. Um, but that that should really put to bed any any questions about, like, whose side the police are actually on when you're considering um going to them about your assault the tech changes things too right because they've always used everything at their disposal but i guess like you know just not to go too into it but the difference now is that like so much of the things that you just mentioned that you can use it's way different than the stuff that you had access to before it's way more personable and it's way more just like ubiquitous um it's it's a lot more dangerous to just like regular ass people um so just to just keep an eye on the clock, like to move on, we have a couple other things we want to hit. Um, I think the next thing, this is, this is a little bit old, but it ties into something else we wanted to talk about. Uh, maybe, Jonah, you can take the lead on this. There are some people out here who had their eyeballs uh, basically get a, de- a, 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 a blue screen of death. Uh, some people had their eyeballs be sodded recently, and we're going to look into that. But the larger uh, sort of... Uh, dynamic at play is um the degree to which you know we're all sort of dependent on this uh tenuous very very tenuous uh you know info technology 
um and that is really like uh the strength of which is is just dependent on how much a, a given a given um infrastructure survived the the do- yeah, can I can I can I lay out the news real quick and then you can I know you're yeah, more, I'm having more, trouble not just rhapsodizing. No, I I, I totally that's, I'm trying to save you from your own soliloquying self. Um, I let me let me let me lay out the news and then you you uh, you can speak more in depth. Basically, the reason why we're talking about this, we um, and here's just another thing I want to say. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, we've talked about like this concept of um, and Ryan, you've actually edited several things. Uh, that I've written about yeah. this in the past about neural implants, which can mean a lot of things. Um, but basically, it's just like making tech that interacts with like your body, right? Like um, in a very basic way. And the story that we're referencing, which was in Spectrum News, um, is about a thing that's been going on for a while, which is that p- uh, people who are blind from birth or later on are using these like uh, uh, prosthetic eyes um that connect with like their you know like their actual body to give them a fake but like representative um sense of vision um and it's kind of crude but it does work at least the people who are interviewed on this um however you know the the strange thing is that like for a lot of these companies are like kind of you know the the names you wouldn't know like they're kind of smaller startup tech type of companies and some of these people who have like actually gone through surgery to put these things in their eyes um they found themselves in a weird position in that like the companies end up stopping service for that product because it's no longer financially viable for any number of reasons um but then if you're a blind dude who's like using their eye you're in a weird situation because like now it's unclear whether or not you can actually still use it and if anything goes wrong you can potentially be blind with no recourse because the company that supplied it is like now defunct yeah it's it's like it's it's the equivalent of having like a blackberry ocular implant exactly right exactly and like jonah i know you had a lot to say on this but the only the thing that i found interesting related to the podcast was just that like it's 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 crazy because like the the companies that are like doing these like really you know if you're a person that relies on it it's essential service like you can't see without it they're doing it under this like mindset which is you know they're they're only going to continue doing a service so long as it seems like it's going to be really profitable in the future and as soon as there's an inclination that it's not they're going to move on to like some other thing which is like kind of i feel like maybe unique compared to the way that we used to do healthcare shit in the past maybe that's wrong but i feel like like you know this idea of like move fast and break things was like less um related to like really important stuff like that if that makes sense no i mean i think that makes complete sense and like i think we basically said it but the point is that like people who have relied upon a given company a given entity to be literally be their their eyes like uh and uh who have developed this like deeply arcane and complicated technology that just as a basis on the basis of like market whims ceases to exist, ceases to exist rather. Um, you know, these people are left without sight. Um, and the upshot is basically that like, you know, to the, the degree to which they they're seeking restitution is the degree to which they're just like, 
chasing these 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 legal entities that no longer exist and 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 it's it's the smart it's like it's the the it's the sort of um uh the silicon valley like the 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 silicon valleyization of this biotech stuff and like i think it's it's important and rather rather relevant because we've talked about this before with like uh neuralink and right. and elon musk and saying like well this stuff is really good and it's really important because like he's being it's being used um for 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 the or it's being researched rather for the for sort of populist ends like i.e the the cessation of suffering of people who are deeply disabled but i think the thing that this whole story um sort of illustrates is that you know it's not a one and done it's not like a pump and dump scheme you gotta be committed to it. you have to be fucking committed you're dealing with people's lives that like they depend on it you can't just like move on it's like a whole thing and i think that's the cease to exist as an entity or like declare bankruptcy yeah the knurling thing is or you can and those people are fucked part of this is be, I mean, we've talked about this in our hell episode that never made it to uh publish um but basically like we've talked about Neuralink in other episodes and it's elon musk's uh vision of like making a computer chip in your brain and there's two things that are going on which is that there's like the practical element which is kind of like this which is he says that like you can use it as a medical device to like give people who have uh, paralysis or other medical problems like help which that seems okay but then the underlying thing is you know when elon musk is on podcasts or like when he's on like you know any other stage he'll say that Neuralink could potentially make you able to like enter the singularity right or it could make you like so smart that you're like have a supercomputer in your brain and i think when you start mixing those things together especially in this context that's where it gets weird to me is where it's like if you're going to be a thing that people rely on for like you know their life as a medical device be that but like if you're going to be this thing that's like potentially sexy and like you know getting your stock price up and shit you're inherently kind of not in a position to be like a long term well i'm starting um, safe bet like type of company that's going to you know be i'm starting forever. the first um, rockstar catheter company and i'm looking for investors uh, yeah tell me what your rockstar of, catheter if you're sick of entails. pissing into a regular old catheter instead of wetting your bed you've i have the solution it's it's kiss it's peter chris um you can piss into the coolest catheter of all time. Joni, you've had so many good pitches on this pocket. Last time, it was the facial recognition for your asshole. And I did uh, have that. Yeah, yeah, no one steal that. I'm still working on that. Ryan, um, what, what what do you think about this? We've been talking. I realized we were just like hogging the conversation. What do you think about all this? I I This makes me think about um, the just like the hell of uh, a world in which medicine is fully privatized yeah, and there's right. no there's no meaningful Absolutely. continuity of care uh getting past when on. when like your ability to live in a material sense is contingent upon like the existence of um companies that you know live and die by uh the startup ethos right um my my comparison earlier uh to you know having blackberry brand ocular implants wasn't meant to be glib i really think that that's terrifying no, and deeply sure. sad yeah I mean, and that's precisely, no, but that's like, you know, I don't know the extent to which you've familiarized yourself with this sort of 
with the case here, which has like honestly been like criminally underreported given how chilling it, it actually is. But basically people paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for these Argo implants and then the the company basically dissolved on the basis of some financial impropriety and tomfoolery and then people literally heard it heard it heard a chime and then they were blind again after decades of having rudimentary vision from these it's fucking terrifying what do we make of that like i mean i think to me yeah like i mean much like you said it's it's the sort of it's the baba yaga of like privatized healthcare it's just like the worst thing that could ever happen it's just like you let it into your house and then it kills it haunts you forever like it's like you you invite it over the threshold and then good luck to you like well it's it's, i mean it's 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 the shadow that's always uh that's always hovered over uh digital health right like this is this has always been the the like the implicit downside in um uh the digital health space mac what were you gonna say i was gonna say yeah i mean i agree and i was gonna say i think it's even beyond health right where it's like there it's kind of like the way that the gig economy is like becoming you know people would like it to be every part not just like certain segments i think that there's like if you listen to like especially in the u.s like both Democrats and Republicans, they both agree in a lot of ways with like sort of the culture of like the underlying culture of the startup shit, right? Which is that like you just like grind, grind, grind and you make a lot of mistakes, but like that one that works. And I think that like that type of way of doing shit is like it's not new, but the way that we interpret it now is kind of new. And like it is, you know, people like a lot of people want it to apply to everything i feel like you know like that's and and that's and and it's that i and you know i personally think that that's actually it actually is good in certain circumstances i don't think it's always bad but it's not good for everything you know what i mean i think there's some things that require a very different methodology with which you analyze risk and time and all that type of shit you know totally um i i want to just echo that mac like i uh i think that the the thing that we're talking about here, um, the fact that like people who were sightless were able to see again is amazing. And maybe one of the few arguments that I can think of, uh, you know, on, on the optimistic side of, uh, tech disruption, but, but the, um, the, the, the fact that it's that, that it's, just as capricious as uh, the entire Silicon Valley Valley economy is, is I, I think harrowing. I think there's a thing. Yeah. It I mean, harrowing. there's definitely a thing. We wrote about this a lot when we worked together, but there, I feel like there's a, there's a huge difference between like making something, a concept that's possible to do versus like making it something that's like uh, pervasive and like, um, you know, not prototype. I think when you're in the prototype level or you're in like the sort of like shock and awe, like bring, bring something real. Yeah. Like fail a shit ton and encourage that and like do all that. But like when you're actually like impacting a bunch of people's lives for years and years, like it has to take a different type of yeah. thinking. I feel like you, you, know you shouldn't, mean? you shouldn't implant somebody's fucking proof of concept into your brain. Right. <laughs> like, can I, exactly. can I, would I, and like, may I be so bold as to suggest that like, there's been some staggering advances in medicine absent the Silicon Valley model. And like, I feel like we've been kind of progressing at a steady clip in terms of the treatment of a lot of 
diseases and and in general healthcare stuff without the sort of move fast and breaks things ideology I, having I, been necessary. I feel like I disagree in general though because like I, you can point to a couple things, but I think it is just a truism that like in in majority like the most of like the actual like new like shit does come from like the u.s or israel and shit like that or like yeah. china which is like their whole point is like they're you know they don't hold but that's the that's distinct i think for me and like science and you tech. know maybe this is something we can talk about at, at length in the future but i think it's distinct from the like you said the move fast and break things model of just like just like seeing what the fuck happens i mean i think you have clinical trials and all this stuff and like yeah the u.s does pioneer a lot of uh you know medical research and pharmacological research and and breakthroughs and like that's something and it's it's pretty cool i mean you know i i have a lot of you know i know people who have benefited from this like nice gung-ho sort of steady clip of research so i'm I'm all for it myself but i think uh to a large degree like yeah the like you said the the sort of like oh who cares like let's be iconoclasts is like not exactly the best fucking model to take yeah, insofar la- as people's health is concerned. The last example, and then we can move on from a bit. I think like a good example is like recently I saw this thing about how, you know, like hymns and all these like type of like, you know, digital health startups that are like for kind of shit that you wouldn't necessarily want to spend time getting a prescription for, but you want. There was one recently um, that is, I think it's called Mind Bloom, and it's for ketamine. Um, prescriptions like yeah. high dose yeah. ketamine prescriptions that are supposed to be taken as a way of like uh, talk therapy as a supplement and um, from little research I've done one it's extremely expensive and a huge rip off if you know how to get ketamine but two um, they've had a lot of issues right they've had a lot of issues with like dosing problems a lot of issues with a bunch of other shit and health things and um, and basically I think you can make an argument that like a lot of it is um, you know, it stems from this like Silicon Valley type of thing where it's like, you know, there's you never have to speak to a person, a doctor, really. You never have to do any sort of shit. It's like, you know, it's it's convenience is only, you know, I'm all about like getting rid of dumb lines and shit that takes too much time is bullshit. But like you need to be responsible at the same time. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is um, I keep seeing ads uh, in the past couple of weeks for Everly Health. And I think that it's it's the it's the exact same uh, issue there, right? So Ever- Everly Health is, from what I can tell based on their advertisements, Everly Health is uh, a startup that provides like at-home testing uh, for people that will allow them to kind of circumvent the entire uh, medical process. So most of their ads that I've seen are for like, quote unquote, food sensitivities. Um. So like, you know, if you, if you realize that like you shit your brains out every day around like 11 AM and you want to find out why, uh, you can order the Everly Health at home kit to test to see if like maybe you're, uh, sensitive to certain foods. And the, the pitch in the advertisements is like, um, you know, you don't have to go through the, uh, you know, the tiresome process of slowly eliminating all foods from your diet and then adding them back in one by one. Or I'm sure they say um, it's cheaper than healthcare if you like use it once. It's pro- like, I feel like that's a thing a lot of those places say where it's like it's cheaper than healthcare, but they don't. 
it's 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 cheaper than healthcare and it's also it uh, there's an aspect of time saving to yes. this like you know maybe maybe if you do this testing you can stop shitting your brains out even faster and um what uh i guess what vexes me about this is that it like there's an undercurrent there that speaks to a general suspicion of expertise um that uh i think is you know especially ubiquitous now when you know each of us is our own doctor uh you know we we are we are all of us googling our symptoms and diagnosing ourselves uh well in advance of the moment when we actually seek out medical care i feel like i agree but i feel like it's a shame thing too like because i get like a lot of these things specifically for adhd it's like these weird you know, targeted yeah. ad shit. Like, I'm assuming they give you Ritalin if you pay like $150 for their dumb shit. But I think that like the if idea, you, if you can complete a quick time event, yeah, you'll be sent like a three a three month supply of Ritalin. They're like smash X, smash X. Yeah, but but legit though, so I feel like I a lot succeeded. of it, whether it's like you shitting your pants or you not being able to get hard or like you like needing Ritalin, yeah. a lot of people don't do it. Yeah. Do you have like? Do you have a weird crooked dick? Wait, like, is any of that supposed to be a problem? I... <laughs> no, that means you're. That means you're winning. I've been winning. shitting my pants. winning with a soft penis for months. I didn't... But I feel like there's a lot of people, which is why these companies work, that like you know they qualify technically for these things, but they don't want to have to go through going to a doctor and like doing all this, sh you know, talking to them. And like, you know, whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing, it's like, they're kind of preying on this like state of like shame. I don't know if that makes it shit. No, it, it absolutely makes sense. Um, I think that especially when you, when you think about the more embarrassing of these problems, Right. Like like the the weird oblique penis and uh, the the or the erectile dysfunction. Um, there's I forget I forget what the startup is that I keep getting um, like YouTube ads for. Uh, but it's like the, the pitch is basically like, you know, I got my erectile dysfunction medicine and I didn't have to talk to anybody. Which, to be clear, I think that's not necessarily bad you know what i mean because i think i agree like a lot of these not just that but like a lot of the medication that you require a prescription for a lot of them you you probably don't really need to do that whole thing you know what i mean totally and and i'll i'll go even further than that i think that a lot of a lot of conditions that you know can be treated uh reasonably through medication carry with them um a, a weird element of sh like institutionalized shame so if you think about like ADD right uh, especially for people who are college age there is there is a profound degree of suspicion that is uh that is sort of meted out toward anyone who is like I I my brain isn't functioning the way that like other people's brains are functioning um and having a way to to sidestep that degree of suspicion is I, I think a really good thing, but this ties back to the concern that I had pointed out initially with the ocular implants. Um, there's no con there's no continuity. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you take it too. Yeah, a hundred percent. No, I agree. And you can just like meet some guy who will just like give you methamphetamine, and then never ha you never have to talk to him again. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of it up, is like just, your local high school, and it you all just, works like, to sandblast away you know, like any of the friction in you becoming just like a like a, a sort of anesthetized uh 
you know, cog, not to be too like fucking tinfoil hat and and so on. But I mean, I think there's something to that, right? Like, I don't know. If you if you need pills to make your dick work, you're a robot. No, the dick work shit is fine. That's like. that's just a fact. <laughs> but it's cool. No, I hear it's I hear good. what you're. I hear, yeah, I'm not I hear talking about the dick yeah. shit, but. In any case, no, I hear, I hear um, what you're saying for sure. Should um, we, uh, we were gonna we, do one more thing, but maybe we save it and let's take a break. Let's so we save can, it and take so a break so we, so we can get. I mean, let's get to the let's get to the meat of the matter. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, right, are you cool with taking a quick break? We can listen to, yeah, the music. Yeah, absolutely. is our fam it's mac over here uh, quick little update for you so we were going to come back and finish this episode as we normally do with the second segment um coming right after dalton core's awesome tunes but um you know this was already getting quite long um over the one hour mark easily on the first section and our second section was very long as well but very good and so good that jonah and i thought that it'd be better for us to just go ahead and split this episode up into two segments or two episodes. So what you just heard is part one of our interview with Ryan Arnold. And then we're going to come back next week um, a little bit quicker than usual with our second segment. That's going to feature our main conversation um, regarding loneliness and sort of surveillance capitalism and these broader concepts that Ryan's been thinking about a lot, Um, which is it's all been recorded and it's all really good. So it should be something to look forward to tomorrow, or sorry, next week. Um, but yeah, something to keep your eye on. In the meantime, uh, if you guys have stuck with us all the way through here, thank you so much. You're the best. Um, please make sure um, to give us a little shout on, uh, you know, anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, make sure that we're subscribed so you always um, get us in your feed. That's super important for us. And then uh, if you have a chance to put a rating, um, even if it's just clicking a five star or four star, whatever it is you think 
we deserve that um, is really big for us too. Like we said, every episode now we're trying to get this to more people. Um, and that's, so we've been told that's really important. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, everyone. Um, also, if you have a chance, we are on Twitter um, at the future is out. We're trying to grow that profile as well. And Joan has been taking hold of that. So give us a shout over there too. Um, in the meantime, we'll see you next week. Um, thank you everybody later.